When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Cindy Adams Show, 77 WABC. Mark Levine is our Manhattan Borough President. He is the 28th Borough President of Manhattan, and I have never met one of them before. What the hell do you do, Mark? What is it that you guys do? It took you 28 borough presidents to finally meet one of us, Cindy. <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah, I, they're I hiding. They're, the they're in cocktail parties. Tell me what the, you, do you do? Our job is to fight for the borough. We have real power over land use, zoning, what you can build where, historic preservation. We run the community boards. We have budgets to invest in things like renovating libraries and parks and schools and museums. We can introduce legislation in the city council and more. It all adds up to being a great platform to fight for the borough, to put out an agenda and organize to achieve it. In my case, on behalf of Manhattan, I'm one year in, and it's been a great ride so far, Cindy. Fine. It sounds so great talking to you. Now, can you tell me, what do you think is the best method to deal with the increase of homeless people in Manhattan? Before you tell me more about libraries and all the rest of it, what about what we're living through at this moment? Well, it really is a tragedy. It's a human tragedy that, that so many of our fellow New Yorkers are are out on the streets in horrible conditions. So much of it is connected to people struggling with severe mental illness. I think you know this, Cindy. Yeah, and yeah. we want to we've had we've had a, a significant loss of inpatient psychiatric beds. We lost over 400 before the pandemic in Manhattan alone. We lost hundreds more during the pandemic when they were switched to COVID, and they have not come back. It is very hard to get someone admitted for inpatient psychiatric care in a hospital in New York. And if they are admitted, they're often pushed out prematurely before they're really stable. We have got to fix this. Even at Bellevue, which is our premier public hospital for treatment of, of psychiatric patients, they only have 19 beds in their long-term care unit for psychiatric patients. We've got to do better. And then let me just say, ultimately, um, we have to do more to get people the housing they need. And for people who are struggling with mental health or other issues, there's a kind of housing sending called supportive housing, which has services built in 24-7, which is very effective. So we have to move on all fronts. We've got to get the kind of housing people need. We have to improve our mental health system. It's complicated, but we have no choice but to do it. So far, you sound great. I would like to know what the hell is ever happening. This is what I hear if I were to have spoken to the other 27 guys who do what you do. But so far, nothing is happening. There is so much empty commercial real estate space in Manhattan. What is it you guys do besides go to cocktail parties and talk <laughs> to people like me? What the hell do you do? Well, by the way, you have to invite me to a cocktail party where I can hang out with you, Cindy. But yeah, okay. until that happens, <laughs> I, am, I am actually very upset about the number of vacant storefronts. We see it in every neighborhood of Manhattan. And it really just, it kind of kills the life of the community. It's also a public safety issue when you have 
a dark and vacant storefront. Now, this was a problem before the pandemic. Because of competition from Amazon and the Internet, it got much, much worse, as I think you know, Cindy, over the past three years for a whole variety of reasons. The bottom line is landlords are going to have to lower rents in these commercial spaces because it's harder to run a business. You have competition from the Internet. And there are landlords who are refusing to do it. And they are preferring to actually forego rent, leave the space vacant, And that's just not good for New York. It's not good for communities. I would even say we have to look at something dramatic like a vacancy tax on these empty storefronts. we got to do something, Cindy, because until the rents come down, uh, we're just going to be suffering with these dead spaces in every neighborhood. So you guys, your your answer is to tax us who are, are not poor. It's always to tax us. What is it you guys do? Tell me what you do, Mark. I really... I'm interested. You go to cocktail parties. You you make speeches. I don't know that you guys do a friggin' thing. Not that I'm against you. I think what you do is great. I just don't know what it is. Can you tell me? Well, and, 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 and unless you own uh, commercial buildings in Manhattan, uh, you're, you're not the one I'm talking about with uh, vacancies. But look, we, we launched a $2 million loan fund for small businesses in Manhattan. Zero interest loans, up to 50000 It's been incredibly impactful, really proud of that um we collected thousands of pounds of contributions for migrants arriving from other parts of the country migrants from central america and south america um manhattanites stepped up i'm I'm really proud of that uh we have distributed thousands and thousands of free covid safety kits with things like digital thermometers and pulse oximeters and all that good stuff so you know we're trying to help on every front economic development public health and more and uh we have a lot more work to do but manhattan is making progress i really believe that we are coming out of this pandemic we have more work to do but this is still a place that people want to live and visit and you see it uh in the tourist numbers you see it in the rising rents you see it in the crowded restaurant we're coming back strong i really believe that cindy well okay you have previously served as a member of the New York City Council from 2014 to like 2021 or something. Yes. You've represented districts in Manhattan neighborhoods. Can you tell me what personally you might have done, a law you passed, or in what way were you influential so it's not just a cocktail party? <laughs> Absolutely. The proudest, uh, my proudest legislation, the legislation I'm most proud of having passed in the city council, it's really historic. It makes New York City the first place in America that gives tenants facing an eviction in housing court the right to counsel, the right to an attorney. And this is basic fairness. You want everyone represented in a proceeding like that to have the benefit of an attorney fighting for them. It has dramatically dropped the eviction rate. It has helped to lower homelessness. Uh, it's under threat right now, though, Cindy, because coming out of the pandemic, we have more and more evictions, and it's overwhelmed the legal service system so that many tenants are now not getting their right to counsel fulfilled. And that is, in part, meaning people land in homeless shelters. So we're fighting to strengthen the law. But I'm really proud of passing that in 2017 with my partner, who's now also a borough president. She's great. You should have her on, Vanessa Gibson, borough president of the Bronx. Um, and it's been uh, a game change for the city. It's being replicated all over the country. That started in New York City. I'm very proud of that. 
I have never seen anything improved in the Bronx, but that's very interesting to talk to you because I'm now suddenly hearing about all these wonderful <laughs> things that have happened in the Bronx. Before we go further, tell us your beginning. You you were you were a teacher. You tell was, tell us yeah. your beginning. Where do you come from? Where do you, where were you born? But, but well, I actually I grew up in Columbia, Maryland, and I moved here after college. I had studied physics in college. Believe it or not, yes, Cindy, don't quiz me, but it's true. And I became a science teacher in the South Bronx. I taught at a public junior high school, junior high school 149, bilingual. I'm a Spanish speaker as well. And it was a a difficult but wonderful experience, Cindy. And I'm still in touch with some of my students from those days. I'm very proud of how many have gone on to great careers. And that experience as a teacher launched me into a life of community work. I started a nonprofit in Washington Heights a community credit union, making loans to businesses and residents. And then, uh, as you said, entered the city council in 2014, and it's been a great ride. Really proud to have become borough president a year ago, uh, representing the borough at the center of the universe, Manhattan. It's been, it's been wonderful. I really feel grateful to be in the job. Where is your center of the universe office? <laughs> we are at one center street the municipal building the david dinkins municipal building right across from city hall we have an uptown office on 125th street five excuse me 431 west 125th street folks can reach out anytime can i read the phone number of the office cindy oh how can i stop you go ahead (laughs) (laughs) 212-669-8300 reach out anytime Okay, now is it my turn? Can I ask another question? <laughs> Please do. So com- community services like jails, halfway houses, methadone clinics, it's necessary for the community and often a contentious topic. How does city government decide where these community services will be located so that the people who live around them won't fight? Well, this is such an important and challenging question, Cindy. It is everything from affordable housing to homeless shelters to mental health clinics that the city needs. But often when a specific site is proposed, people raise objections. And it's one of the reasons why we're building so little housing in Manhattan. We only built 3,500 units last year, which is so uh, far behind where we need to be. We've got to elevate the conversation. We have to bring the citywide needs into the local dialogue. We have to have a deliberate plan. We can't just sit back and wait for a developer to propose housing and then fight about it. We need a plan borough-wide, citywide, about where we're going to build the housing we need. And that's why a few weeks ago, Cindy, I actually published exactly that kind of plan. We identified 171 sites all over Manhattan where we can build housing, including affordable housing, it would be 73,000 units, 30,000 of them would be affordable. It would be a game change for our borough and our city. And I'm getting a great reaction because people are saying, okay, I realize you're not just targeting my block. You're doing something bigger. Okay, I get the big picture. We need to do that for every kind of infrastructure. That's the way you overcome this difficult conversation at the local level. I mean, I never heard of anybody quite as wonderful as you. I didn't realize all of these things were not yet happening. Okay, so are you also in support of legalized marijuana so that we smell them on every street? Is that it? Is that what, well, one of the things well, you well, voted I for? 
borough president. Hang out. I don't know where you hang out, Cindy, but we've been smelling marijuana on my block for about 20 years. But we've also had. Well, I'm sales. on a block where they haven't been smelling it. I've been on a block where they're smelling fragrance and perfume and beautiful things and oranges and fruit. Tell me what there is if you walk on the street and you smell legalized marijuana that you find is so wonderful. I would like to well, hear I, 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 I got to hang out on your block. That smells, sounds like it really good smells. Look, <laughs> our, 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 effort to, our effort to prohibit marijuana failed. It failed. It didn't stop it. The sales of it were everywhere on streets, and it led to violent crime related to the illegal trade. It led to, uh, ultimately, across the country, millions of young people being incarcerated, uh, often for nonviolent offenses, uh, which damaged communities. It failed. And other states are way ahead of New York in creating a legal regime, which is taxed and regulated. It brings in revenue for the state, and it uh, very clearly prohibits young people from accessing it. It's, it's a much safer way to do this. And I do support New York transitioning to this. Uh, we've got four dispensaries open in New York State. Three are in Manhattan, and I have visited them. They are safe. They are well lit. They are well run. And they're much better than the illegal options that we've had in the years past. I actually think this is going to make New York safer and more economically vital. And it'll be a win for equity. Some of the same people who were brutalized by the war on drugs are now going to be owning these businesses. That's really an incredible success story that I celebrate. Listen to me. I'm getting tired of you. I am listening to you. <laughs> and every, everything that I ask, you have a wonderful answer. The city is falling down, but you have great up answers. Okay, so are you also, since you are in favor of everything that I despise, are you also in favor of gambling? Oh, I am concerned about gambling addiction. I feel like with the proliferation of casinos all around the New York region with the availability of sports betting on everyone's phone, that gambling addiction is starting to hit people hard. It's impacting low-income people and working-class people who can't afford to lose that money. As you probably know, there is there are going to be three more casino licenses granted um, in and around New York City. And one of them could be in Manhattan. There are a number of bids in Manhattan in neighborhoods like Times Square and uh, the top of Saks Fifth Avenue and Hudson Yards. Uh, they're competing against bids in Queens and Brooklyn and elsewhere. And I, I am worried that that would only worsen gambling addiction. Now, there are jobs on the line, and I don't minimize the fact that we would get tax revenue, which we need. So there is an economic argument. But you raised uh, the very concern that I have, too, that it would be Manhattanites and New Yorkers who would just fall into gambling addiction. And that's something we really have to guard against. So if I listen to you, I am about to say, do you realize that this country is now being thought of as a second class citizen country? We used to be the number one place in the whole world. We were the greatest, the United States of America. We are falling apart. 
We are the second-class citizens everywhere. We are being laughed at. Our country is awful. Our city is worse. I cannot walk on the streets at night. And here I have a borough president telling me how wonderful everything is. What is the matter with the way I think as opposed to the way you think? What is wrong? What is going to happen to New York, the greatest effing place in the entire universe? You are amazing, Cindy. Don't change. But I'll I'll tell you that I still believe in New York. I believe this is a place where people want to live and work and study and shop and, and see a show. We have work to do. We have to improve public safety. We have to fix the broken mental health crisis. We have to create affordable housing. We have to improve mass transit. We have to do all of those things. And that takes work. I'm not denying that. But I love New York. I don't want to be anywhere else. And, and you know how I know I'm not the only one who feels that way? You know what rents are averaging now in Manhattan, Cindy? Over 5000 a month. Wow. Now, that, that's a problem because it's pricing out low-income people and working-class people and kids are coming back from college. But it's proof that people want to live here. You know how many tourists came to New York last year? 56 million. You know how many Almost people moved out of New York? Yes. and that's You know how many people Almost moved out of New York? Too many. Everyone Almost over the age of 11 is now in Florida, where late dinner is 4.30. I mean, I understand about all the people moving in. How about all the people moving out? How about people are homeless, living on my streets? How about all that while you have a wonderful office? I have nobody else to holler at. You're the only one I can holler at, so I'm going to holler. What the hell is going to happen to the, to the capital of the world, New York City? I'd like to know that. Well, first, Cindy, you can call and holler me anytime, or you can have me on Good. the show to holler. Uh, but look, look, we have to address the crisis that, that we've been talking about, uh, homelessness and, and mental health and addiction and, uh, and, and the broader problems of sanitation and mass transit and affordable housing and more. But we're making progress. Did you know that subway crime is down for the last three months? Um, That's because nobody's taking it. No, no, no. Ridership is up. (laughs) Ridership is up. We're at 75% of pre-pandemic on weekends. Um, That's not enough. We got to do better. But we are making progress on many fronts. And I think the right thing is to say that we believe in New York. We love in New York. But we got to make it better. That's what it means to love a place. You got to make it better. Um, you know, Ron DeSantis came here. He lectured us about our crime. There are 12 murders per 100,000 residents in Jacksonville. That is a city in Florida with a Republican mayor. And there are four murders per 100,000 people in New York City. So a little facts never hurt. Doesn't mean we don't got to do better here. One murder is one too many in New York. But, uh, the, you know, the reason the there are so many murders. One of the reasons there are so many murders in Florida is they got alligators. We don't have them here. If we had alligators, our murder rate would go up higher. But that's what he's got that we don't have. You've got a mouth like an alligator. You can answer anything. No matter what I ask you, you have a great answer. I'm going to give you a question. I would like to have an answer. Can you tell me one law you passed or in what way you were influential? So I can tell everyone, because now you're sort of my best friend for the next few minutes. Tell me a well, law you passed. I, I, or I, what... I, I, am, I am really proud of uh, what I was able to do in the pandemic, Cindy. I was chairing the City Council Health Committee 
Uh, I took that role in 2018. And, uh, of course, the pandemic hit shortly thereafter. And I I just put my heart and soul into being a source of good information um, and fighting for the city during those difficult times as chair of the health committee. Not sure if you're on Twitter, but uh, I use that as a platform to let people know where they could get their vaccination, to let people know whether we are making progress on getting our our cases down every day, uh, let people know when we were entering difficult times. And uh, and I, I'm stopped every day on the streets of Manhattan by people who um, tell me how grateful they are that they, they had me as a source of information. I still carry a, I care a lot about public health, even though I'm not city council health chair anymore. And um, I'm worried that we're not doing enough to pre- prepare for the next pandemic. That's a long discussion. Uh, maybe you'll have me on the show to talk about that. But um, I, I, I feel like when the next big one hits, Cindy, um, we're going to make some of the same mistakes again, and that's not acceptable. So more work to do on public health for sure. But in the meantime, thank goodness New York City has yeah. Cindy Adams because you're a voice of, of, of um, passion, and you, you keep it real, and you have fanatical following, and I want to hang out with you at a cocktail party soon. Okay, listen, I was born in New York. I was educated in New York. I have always lived in New York. The dog I have is a Yorkie, a Yorkshire Terrier. I have been on the New York Post since before Alexander Hamilton founded it. I've been there for 41 years. New York to me is my blood. I love the city of New York. I am telling you, it is falling apart. I can't bear it. And I always begin to think, don't get mad at me, but I always think that politicians go into politics so that they don't have to worry about invoices and supply and having to feed their families. That's what I think. Maybe you are doing wonderful things. Maybe. I just don't see it happening in my city. All right. Well, I'm going to take that as a rallying cry to do even more. So focus on the challenges we've talked about. Um, I'll use every tool I have as your Manhattan Borough President, and uh, I, I, I believe we can do it. I believe we can and will do better. I believe we're making progress. We have to both shine a light on our successes and be honest about our challenges, and that's, that, that's been the balance I've tried to achieve. But I, I, I take you seriously, Cindy, and, and I know you speak for others. So uh, you, you, you can be sure that I'm going to get up every morning to do my best to fight for Manhattan to get stronger and better and healthier and safer and more just. And I, I believe we can do that, and we're not going to stop fighting until we do. Mark, I'm telling you, Plato couldn't have been better. <laughs> Thank you for coming on, and I look forward to speaking with you again. It's a true pleasure, Cindy. <laughs> Thank you so much. All the Thanks, best. Thanks, sweetie. Bye-bye.